Welcome to Psychedelicast. Hosted by Clinton Cayley, this show is an interview-based podcast focused on offering listeners in-depth information concerning plant medicines, entheogens, and all subjects tangential to psychedelia. Join us in prying open the third eye. Welcome to Psychedelicast, folks. My name is Clint. I'm the host of Psychedelicast. Thank you guys for joining us for another interview episode. Today we have got Jason Toshi, author of the Heroic Deal book available on Amazon.com. We'll get to all that near the end of the show, uh, but we're going to talk with Jason today about his fascinating book, kind of a uh, kind of a guidebook or a handbook for the high-dose uh, psychedelic experience. Uh, a little bit more about Jason before we get into our chores here. If you want to do a handstand, you need to do wrist work. If you want to take a heroic dose, you need to do wrist work. With all the manipulations happening in the world, blasting off is not as easy as simply taking psychedelics anymore. A heroic dose needs a heroic plan. Taking any large amount of psychedelic is deep water, and there is no lifeguard on duty, so tread lightly. In order to completely detach from the physical to the spiritual, you need to prepare the avatar for such a feat. This book entails two weeks of basic guidelines to follow for ideal blast-off, with the author having over 25 years of research, including field testing. That's author is Mr. Jason Toshi himself, who we'll be speaking to momentarily about his book, The Heroic Deal. You guys are going to like this one. This guy does uh, big doses of mushrooms, and we're going to talk about all that and how it relates to his work in uh, martial arts. Uh, he's a jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, as well as a psychonaut, a mathematician. He holds a master's degree. I mean, the dude is, a, is an impressive guy all the way around and a fantastic uh, person to chat with in interview. You're really going to dig this one. Uh, let's get our chores and let's get our, uh, let's get our house cleaning out the way and we'll jump right into this, uh, into this discussion with Jason. So right off the top, y'all, uh, something really weird happened this last week. Our Instagram account was deactivated. Uh, this is very disheartening for me. Um, I really spent a lot of time building the Instagram account, learning about Instagram and how to make it uh, a successful account. And I put a lot of time and effort into that account. Uh, I was stuck with my initial podcast. I was stuck around like 200 followers for well over a year. And when I started Psychedelicast, I started to see exponential growth on IG. When our account was shut down, we were somewhere around 2,700 followers. Um, so I'm in a, the process of appealing this decision to see if we can have our uh, account back on IG, which I'm really not interested in doing, but I put so much work into it that, um, I was, I was pretty happy with the way the account was going. So I want it back. Um, now as to why this has happened, they gave me no they gave me no explanation. They just said, your account has been deactivated due to violating our uh, rules of conduct or whatever. So I don't have any specific uh, references for what that may be, and I have no further detail about that. I have sent them correspondence to try and begin the process of having my account reactivated. All that being said, that sucks. I've started a new Instagram account, at Pod. Um, we've only got three followers cause I just built it yesterday and, uh, I guess for the time being, we're going to try to rebuild another Instagram account. Um, you can follow us there. That would be awesome. We need to rebuild our followership there. 
You can also follow us on Facebook at Psychedelicast. There we're hosting about 8,000 people on that uh, page. So join us on Facebook. Um, we're on Twitter at Psychedelicast with two Ts. We don't do too much on Twitter. Uh, we also have a Patreon project known as the Psychedelicast Psychonauts, www.patreon.com slash Psychedelicast. We only have one tier level. It only costs $3 a month. For that, you're going to get several... Um, exclusive episodes per month you're going to get the opportunity to come on the show and tell your trippy tale you're going to get a lot of con you're going to get a lot of exclusive content and value out of that three dollars a month more than most podcasts certainly in this arena i would uh estimate so um come join us on patreon it's a it's a small group but it's growing and we're trying to grow it um, I drop all kinds of cool cultivation tips and progress there for some of my projects that I'm working on. The No Trip Sitter episodes go there. One of those will be released in conjunction with this for Patreon members only. Those are generally a little more personal. Uh, sometimes I'm giving trip reports. Today's episode will be regarding a DMT trip that I took just a few nights ago. Um, that'll be exclusively for Patreon members. www.patreon.com slash psychedelicast, $3 a month, Tons of extra exclusive content. Support the show. Come on the show. Be a part of the show. Join us there on Patreon. With that being said, let's jump into psychedelic news. In psychedelic news today will offer you an article hosted on newswise.com. This source comes from newsroom at Mount Sinai Health System. It's entitled Mount Sinai Health System Launches Center for Psychedelic Research. Published January the 7th, 2021. The Econ School of Medicine at Mount Sinai has launched a new Center for Psychedelics Research. The Center for Psychedelic Psychotherapy and Trauma Research pursues a multi-pronged clinical and research approach to discovering novel and more efficacious therapies for post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, and other stress-related conditions in the veteran and civilian population. The center will focus on studying MDMA, psilocybin, and other psychedelic compounds. MDMA, the psychoactive drug sometimes referred to as ecstasy, has the potential to become a powerful tool in the treatment of PTSD. In 2017, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration designated MDMA-assisted psychotherapy as a breakthrough therapy. Although MDMA itself is not yet approved for clinical use, Phase 3 trials are underway, and expanded access status to the treatment was recently granted. While the results of preliminary clinical studies are extremely promising, MDMA-assisted therapy is an entirely new treatment modality. Therefore, it is critical to obtain information about how the therapy may work in patients with complex mental health issues. The Center for Psychedelic Psychotherapy and Trauma Research will focus on performing the clinical trials necessary for adoption of MDMA and other psychedelic-assisted psychotherapies. The center will also conduct comprehensive research on the mechanisms of action of these treatments so that they can be scaled and most effectively delivered to appropriate patients. The center is led by Rachel Yehuda, PhD, Professor of Neuroscience and Psychiatry at the Econ School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. She is also Director of Mental Health at the Bronx VA Medical Center and Director of the Traumatic Stress Studies Program at Mount Sinai, a program she founded in 1991. Dr. Yehuda has a long track record of educational, clinical, and world-renowned scientific work in traumatic stress studies and recently completed the clinician training for MDMA-assisted psychotherapy sponsored by Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, or MAPS. People taking MDMA report feelings of introspection, connectedness, 
compassion towards self and others, empathy, and an increased intrapersonal trust, which are optimal conditions for engaging in the processing of difficult or traumatic material. It's important that we listen to people's subjective experiences with these compounds and then study therapeutic possibilities through rigorous clinical trials. The center is being launched with activity in four key arenas, training and education, licensed clinicians trained and credentialed in psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy training provided by MAPS will establish a program to train others in the mental health community. The center will also establish a curriculum for a clinical rotation that will provide education about psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy in the ISMMS Psychiatry Residency. Clinical trials, the center will pilot and evaluate the delivery of psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy for patients with PTSD. Basic science and translational neuroscience research, the center will investigate the mechanisms of psychedelics using a combination of clinical and translational approaches to study the effects of these treatment approaches on brain function and cellular biology. Collaboration and public education. To facilitate scientific collaboration, the center will develop a consortium with investigators at other academic centers that are also interested in understanding mechanisms of action and clinical effects of psychedelic therapies, and will develop programming for the public on the use of psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy. So another step forward, another major scientific and educational uh, institutions stepping in, dipping their toes into the uh, psychedelic realm. Uh, you know, I've said this many times on the show before. I've said many things many times on the show before, but uh, this kind of scares me, but it also gives me hope at the same time. I would love to see these medicines that we all know and love uh, legitimized for help for uh, helping the rest of the world at large. There's kind of a part of me that's, I guess, uh, a psychedelic elitist. Like, we were here first, um... And that's sad because everyone needs access to these um, and the world would be a better place with a greater access to these psychedelic compounds, plants, and medicines. Just my opinion, dude. Hey, tell you what, enough from me. Let's get into a discussion with my buddy Jason Toshi, the author of The Heroic Deal. Let's talk about megadose mushrooms. Let's talk about uh, the intersection of physicality and the psychedelic experience, maybe a little martial arts and uh, maybe a little bit of overcoming our traumas and difficulties in the real world. Let's get into it. It's nice to see you now. So you, how, how, what country are you in right now? Brazil. I'm in Sao Paulo. Still Brazil. Nice. Yeah. How is that? Chilling? Pretty chill, man. Pretty chill. Uh, I don't know, man. It's getting kind of hectic here in Brazil. Like the numbers are like skyrocketing as far as COVID goes. But, you know, I'm still kind of on the fence as to how much of that I think is legit and all. Right, uh, right, yeah. right. I don't really know yeah. what the fuck's going on. But uh, as far no, as like... Does. Yeah, it's like everyday life here is pretty run-of-the-mill, man. It's like uh, people wear masks and go about their lives, so it's pretty cool. But, yeah, I like Brazil, man. Where are you at? Uh, I'm out in Cali. Okay, word. SoCal. Yeah, yeah, jet, surfing, the sun, you know, a lot of rebellion in Orange County, Orange County especially. So uh, we fighting the good fight over here. Yeah. Cool, man. That's good, man. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to finally connect with you. I know we kind of played tag there for a little bit, but I've played yeah, tag yeah. with 
I've definitely played tag with people for much longer though. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I appreciate you, uh, letting me, uh, you know, interact with you and get up on here and, uh, talk about some stuff. So I appreciate Absolutely. you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. For sure, man. I've been excited to talk to you. Why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself however briefly you'd like to, and then uh, um, I'm going to ask you some questions, and the, it'll unfold organically. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, my name, I go. I write by uh, J.T. Grenfeld. I just put out this uh, book about, like, last year around Halloween, and um, it just kind of came organically as well, like, uh, started tripping at a young age and, you know, fell in love with it, and, uh, you know almost two decades later, a lot of research, a lot of, a uh, lot of field testing, a lot of, uh, going about it, like scientifically, like old school science, not like listen to me science, like nowadays, but like old school science, questioning things, uh, experimenting, having test groups, having blind test groups, doing all the control and stuff. And, um, found like a nice little series of things that as spiritual beings, we should, uh, you know, do if we want it so the book's more for like the next level person like not just someone who's kind of like oh yeah I have fun I do this that it's like uh, the the people who want to kind of take it to the next level that like extreme attitude kind of that a lot of people I feel have especially in spirituality because it's you know almost it's like all or nothing like you're going to either be free or you're not so you got to put in the work and uh, it's kind of where it came and um, just your regular guy just you know living in the matrix and trying to be neo and trying to appreciate <laughs> trying to appreciate uh mother gaia as well at the same time so yeah that's that's about it absolutely i got through a good portion of your book i haven't finished it yet but uh i will um thank you, thank you. there are several things there that interest me i i'm uh personally i'm interested in first of all i, I want to talk about your um your methodology and your kind of high dose experimentation i'm very interested in that i think a lot of people are or higher dose. I mean, cause I, I guess these high doses are getting relative now. I'm seeing these people who are eating like ounces at a time, like dried mushrooms and shit. Yeah, uh, so crazy. Like, uh, okay. That's, that's cool, man. Uh, I'm not sure what to, to, what to do with that. But, uh, also I'm interested in, in kind of your idea on the relationship between martial arts and the psychedelic experience, mm. which is, uh, something I'm not particularly familiar with but i think someone like you would have a good insight into and uh, i'm interested um so why don't you start with uh, kind of a little bit of like your methodology and how you've developed the uh the kind kind of in the in the groove of your higher dose experimentation i'm kind of cons i'm kind of uh, interested in that so um when I was in, uh, when I was 12, they like pulled me out of regular school and they were like, oh, we're going to put you in the local junior college. You're going to be the next, like for the older cats, like the Doogie Hauser type of vibe. Like, uh, and so I'm 12, I'm at the college. I'm like the little smart Asian kid in front. And some kids like are, or some students at that time were like, Hey, like we're going to go a rave. We're going to party. You should check it out. You know, if you're going to do the college experience, you might as well do it all. And so I go, I take two hits of acid and um, I'm 12. So it's like, it's insane. Like it was so mind blowing because I grew up at the, in the eighties and the dare era. So there was a lot of like, Hey, you're turning to orange juice. You'll think you can fly. There's just all these like really crazy stories they put into our minds. And uh, it was the complete opposite. And so I come back and like, um, 
it just opened a whole world of like, where I'm like questioning everything. Like, why am I going to school? And I'm only 12. And I'm like, why am I going to school? Uh, why is Dare lying to me? Why is, why is everything the way it is? Why isn't more people experimenting with this? And why isn't there more research? And, um, so then it just like, I start to get deep into the rave scene, the psychedelics at a young age. And, um, eventually I take a break cause I want to just kind of check some boxes and I, and I go to school and I do all of that. And, get my master's and I go through all these other, like check just some boxes, get a black belt. And um, I get back into psychedelics cause we're like at that age, me and my tribe were like, Hey, you know, like whatever happened to us, like tripping, like eating vials and like just being a mess and like, you know, tripping. And um, we start, I'm like, Oh, what's, you know, and I'm very like now spiritual and I'm like, Hey, we got to go, you know, non GMO. We got to be natural and we got to get sunlight and ground. We got it. And then we're like, okay, well, I guess LSD is kind of out of the question then because it's kind of very pulled from the ether, which is amazing, but like not my forte right now. So it's like, oh, mushrooms, like they grow everywhere and they're like uh, nature. It's like nature giving back to us. So I so I kind of go that route. So I go very deep into that. So when it comes to Deemster and LSD, like I, I've played with them. I know my stuff, but I've never like indulged like I did with the, the mushrooms. So uh, I get deep into mycology, how how it grows, where it grows, how it, what like it takes, and um, start microing, eating a little bit like the traditional eighths, like here and there, eat an eighth, eat an eighth, and then like come across Terence McKenna, like most people do, read some of his stuff. I'm like, oh, there's a heroic dose, like okay, let's let's start playing with this. And um, as you said, there's people who who I've seen eat like mad amounts of mushrooms and the body, the mind is so powerful that you can literally, if you're not in the right state of mind and frequency, you can turn it off. Like you can basically eat as much as you want, but if you're not ready, your, your mind and body will shut it down. So mm -hmm. there's all the stories of like gurus and monks and all these like um, ascended people who are like, Oh, I don't do psychedelics because it doesn't affect me. And it's like, at the same time, it's kind of like, you can turn that off. Like you can literally, your body's so powerful, your mind's so powerful so I'm like, okay, what's a way that my body will really take this in, like really accept the the medicine as for what it is? And it's like the the heroic dose, like five plus. Okay, what if we go 10? What if we go 14? Let's go 20. Let's go 28. Like we start doing that. And I start realizing like after, after 10, I'm getting the same vibe. I'm getting the same experiences. And I'm like, man, there's got to be something else I can do. And and then that's when like the martial arts, as you said, the like the yoga, like the yin and yang to me, like the the... Uh, start applying and I'm like man I'm kind of extreme I like I like numbers so I go and get the the masters in math I like I like martial arts I get the black belt I'm like just extreme in nature and I'm like how can I be extreme in this nature and I and I start to research and look deep and it's like you know if you're a good person and you vibrate high the medicine's going to do what it's going to do it's going to open the portal and you can do and, and travel as you like and it's like how do I get there and then that's when the mythology came where it's like okay there's like everyday fine tuning like everyday I got to do a little bit to make my, 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 my spirit better, my mind better, my body better, because there's plenty of people out there who, who are like, not to be rude, but they're like, they're, they just vibrate low, you know, they don't know any different. And then when they take the mushrooms, the mushrooms only going to do so much to them because they need, the mushrooms need them to feel love and connected and check their own consciousness. So they're only going to go to a few realms or dimensions or whatever journeys, portals, like they're only going to go to a few places and then once you start to realize like oh love is important and connecting with 
humankind is important, then there's more access to it. And that's where like the mythology came from. And it came from martial arts. It came from yoga. It came from the spiritual leaders. It came from books. It came from McKenna. It came from Buddhists, other religions. It came from like all aspects. And I just kind of threw it into a, a pot, like took their recipes and kind of just made a, you know, a, a potluck like of my own, just a, a hot pot. And that's where it came from. And that's kind of, yeah, where it came from. If that yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot you just laid out there that I kind of want to touch on. Um, I'm very interested in the um, the kind of where I, where I tie in the the uh, martial arts and the high dose aspect is with Kalindi EE. I'm sure you're familiar with Kalindi EE or Kalindi IE. Are you familiar with him? He's a black man, martial artist. Uh, no, I'm not. No, no. Oh, shit, bro. Dude, you should write this man's name down and look into him. You'll find him very interesting. He's like a, a badass martial artist. I, I'm not particularly familiar with martial arts, so if I talk about martial arts, I'm going to sound like a dumbass. So I'm gonna, no worries. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> not that I don't already sound like a dumbass. But uh, <laughs> no. anyways, bro, check out Kalindi EE. He is uh, – I, I will. Yeah. His last name is I-Y-I. I think it's pronounced E-E. I'm not sure. But uh, he passed away actually from complications oh. from COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah, he passed away last year from COVID complications apparently. Um, but he was this longtime pro- proponent of, of the psychedelic experience being like an, an analog to the to the martial arts teaching and uh, he was a big advocate of, of like mega doses. I think he was talking about eating 20, 30, 40 grams, things like that. Apparently, you've dabbled in those waters too. I've uh, That is so wild to me, dude. I remember one time I ate, I think I ate four grams to start. And then I had five more grams total. And throughout like the course of six hours, I probably ate like a gram an hour or something like that. And that was so... That was just so unbelievably intense. Hang on one second. No problem. No worries. The air traffic is uh, it's everywhere nowadays. So. Yeah, bro. And like here in Brazil, it's crazy. First of all, they fly super low. And then uh, <laughs> there's, there's no air conditioning in this house. So the windows have to be open or you'll just yeah. die. You'll die. Yeah, you'll die. Yeah. Um, Dude, so yeah, I, I eventually ended up chewing my way through nine grams that day, and that was so unbelievably nice. intense. Um, I just can't really picture some. Well, I thought that right until then. I drank ayahuasca, and then after drinking ayahuasca, it was like it almost seemed like that was a joke. Even um, those are just a couple slight anecdotes, and and I definitely want to go particularly into some of your high dose experiences just to give people an idea of what that's like. Um, but something you were saying when you were talking previous to me, you were talking about needing to that that the medicine kind of knows what we need, but the the initiate or the person undergoing this experience has to ha- has to bring something to the table themselves, yeah. or else they aren't going to have the same experiences that that, that we're talking about these highly spiritual, right. these highly uh, mystical experiences. And uh, I've known people like this in my life that I've seen take solid doses of psychedelics and they seem to come out of it like in a way very happy, very joyful, very uplifted, but they just don't take it seriously at all. And I'm like, 
I took the same dose and like my entire idea of the world has been destroyed and rebuilt. <laughs> and right. and right, I'm right. just like, I'm just like trying to understand reality again. And they're like, that was fun, man. I can't wait to dose again. I'm like, bro, I would never do that again. And then of course right. like, yeah. time goes on and you do it again. Yeah. Um, but I find that interesting because I know when I was in Peru, the shaman told me, you don't need a big dose. He didn't really tell me why. He just told me before we drank ayahuasca, he was like, he kind of sat with each of us and and, and they translated for those, uh, for those of us who couldn't speak Spanish. And, uh, he kind of got to know us a little bit, our history with psychedelics and um, just kind of our life in general. And he was like, I don't think you're going to need a big dose tonight. And I told him, you're right. I usually get pretty far with not a whole lot. Um, and I've always kind of wondered what that what that was about, whether that was an actual chemical thing or if that was because I've always felt like my mind was fairly open. I don't want to say more or less open than anyone else's. But I've always felt like my mind was was open. And so even a small amount of psychedelic substance to me like just blows the theme park wide open. And uh, I'm wondering if you can speak to that, if 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 that makes any sense to you, if that resonates with you, that that uh, and I think that kind of speaks to us needing the uh, the person in taking the substance needing to be kind of a fertile ground, you know, for yeah. for for this uh, experience. Yeah, definitely. So, um, cause everyone's experience is unique. So as like someone who wanted to take it more scientific, I started bringing, uh, tribe members in like people I like chill with, like good close homies from, uh, my youth, as well as like people I met through jujitsu and yoga. And, uh, I remember this one time I went out with a couple people, uh, we all took a high amount or I mean, to me, it was a high amount. We all took like 10 grams each and, um, me and my friend, we did like a lot of the wrist work I talk about in the book. And in this case, I say wrist work. It's the same as a lot of people saying light work, shadow work. It's it's the idea. But to me, um, I really resonate with the up is down and down is up. So I'm like, why are we always walking on our feet? Maybe we should walk on our hands. And if you walk on your hands or do handstands, you know, wrist work's important. So me and my friend did a lot of the wrist work, the the, um, the grounding and just getting the mind right, the body right, like aligning that antenna, that uh, spiritual antenna. And the other person kind of, it wasn't into it. They're just like, oh, I'm going to let the medicine do its thing. And I remember at one point they took the same amount as us and they got like, um, they got shook. Like they got kind of worried and like they kind of closed off. They went into an enclosed area and they kind of went into like I discussed in the book, like the realm of your own consciousness, where you reflect on your own decisions you've made in your life, the people around you, you have what decisions they've made towards you to others. And you just go deep into that. And that's kind of where they went. And it wasn't really mystical or spiritual for them or any type of death experience. It was just really them like almost like I think what people would term a bad trip, like where you're really just like questioning everything you've done and why you're the way you are and all that. And me and my friend, we're like, we went somewhere else. Like we, mm -hmm. we, we died that night. Like we literally died. We connected each other in a different, like in the etheric or astral, we went some other place where we they're together. We're sharing that we're snapping back in and out of the trance. So I really think the, the wrist work, the preparation prior is important. And so like, as in martial arts, uh, if you're going to do a big competition, you can sign up They're They're willing to take anyone's money. And the thing is, are you going to win? If you go into the, the competition 
with not really preparing right, sleeping right, eating right, doing all the necessary steps to be a champion, chances are you're not going to get too far in it. So you really got to do a lot of work and then it pays off. And I feel that spirituality, a lot of times it's like um, two opposites can be true at once. So it can be black and it can be white at the same time. But as, as people, we start to say, oh, the gray area. And I'm like, no, 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 not gray. It's black and white. And we've been so taught that that's not how it is. Like you can't stand and sit. And I'm like, well, what about a squat? And people are like, oh, well, your your hips are hinged. So you're technically squatting or sitting. And other people are like, well, no, you're not sitting on anything. Your feet are the only thing on the ground. So you're standing. And they're like, the gray area is the squat. And I'm like, no, you're standing and sitting. Like two opposites can be true. And in this case, it, it, it applies to where you need that like training and that wrist work, because a lot of spirituality people are just like, oh no, the medicine's going to do its thing and everything's all good and life's good. And my experience is this. And it's like true. And that goes only so far. That only mm-hmm. goes so far. You, you always, like you said, the people who are like, um, oh, I had fun. And you're like, bro, I don't want to do that for a while. Like I, I'm yeah. kind of scared. Like I don't want to wait. And those people go to the the realms I talk about of of what we hear about a lot in beginning experiences of of love. Like they took in, they're like, oh, I felt love. Like I really did. I felt my inner child. I felt like ancestral power. I felt like all this love. And I'm like, dope. That's what you need right now. You're healing. And then the other people go to that like unity realm of like I felt everything was connected. I felt connected to Mother Gaia. I felt connected to the Matrix. Again, that opposite of truth of Mother Gaia's conscious and the Matrix real. Like they're 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 two opposite things. They're black and white, but they coexist. It's that duality. And in human nature, things are dual: yin and yang, boy girl, black white, up down. Like, uh, but then you go more spiritual, and it becomes three: the tripod of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. The the moon, the sun, the black moon, like or the black sun. Like there's there's three. There's always like that more sturdy base of three. And in human nature, it's that black and white. So sometimes I feel spirituality people can get to where they're like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to do all that. Like I list a whole checklist of stuff from like fasting to donating items to like just all types of stuff. And people can resonate with it or not. And yoga kriyas and yoga movement and keeping a dream journal for your etheric self and some Rudolf Steiner stuff of daily reviewing at the night. And it's like, all these things are important because you got to think of your, your psychedelic experience as like a key experience in your journey as, as you live. And if you don't really take it serious, you're not going to get that much out of it. And you shouldn't heroic dose or macro dose constantly because like you said it should kind of shake your ground it should kind of like really like make you question a lot of things and then you know redirect you in your in your journey so when you're preparing for something like that it's important I feel to just do the important things and uh back to the the little tribe thing we did when they ate the 10 grams they had eaten dinner like prior, like maybe five, six hours earlier. And me and my friend had gone on a 36 hour fast. So we haven't eaten for 36 hours. And in the body after 24 hours, there's a chemical that's produced in the stomach that starts to like clean the stomach after 24 hours if it's only touched water. So mm-hmm. most humans, as we know, have dinner in the evening and then breakfast in the in the rising. So 
most people go 12 hours. That's like the standard fast they do. And if you triple that and go 36, now when you ingest the medicine, that chemical, whatever it is, I'm not a scientist and I don't have a lab, but that whatever chemical that is mixed with, like you said, it doesn't have to be a lot of psychedelics. It's going to do a lot compared to if you just ate a huge cheeseburger and then ate 20 grams, good luck on like blasting off because the medicine doesn't know what it's doing. The medicine, like people say all the time, oh, I experienced death. When you're experiencing death, your body releases everything. You're not hungry. There's nothing in your body. So for the medicine to understand that you are willing to ready to die in that sense, you got to come like that. You got to come empty. You got to come like, Hey, I'm ready to shed this vessel just for a little bit. You know, I've done the preparation. I have, I've fasted and then it hits different. Like, and some people are like, Oh, fasting doesn't affect me. Like I feel the same. And I'm just like, that's again, the power of the mind, your mind's Mm -hmm. so powerful. You can literally do that. Whatever you think you can manifest. And that's, that's the white. And then the black part is we live in the matrix and there's algorithms and there's certain ways to life. Like, you know, we can't, do certain things and we can, but the mind's so powerful. So kind of like that. I know I ramp a lot, but no, 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 that's really good. You put a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, I, I too have taken to fasting over the last couple of years, just as like a, as a kind of a, it started as like a physical practice and then it became kind of more spiritual. Mm. Um, just kind of mastering like the ability to, uh, control my intake and, I, I tell people about just – this is just a slight tangent here on fasting because it's some, also something I'm into. Um, I always tell – people like, well, I won't be eating or, or something like that. People will be like, why aren't you eating? I'll tell them, oh, I'm fasting right now. And they'll be like, dude, that's so bad for you. Like why would you what? do that? I'm like, what are you – and then like it happens to me so often that like people think that fasting is like somehow negatively healthy yeah. for your body. And I'm like – why do you th- – I, I, initially I would ask people like why do you think that and then I would go into this whole thing with them about how it's not true and like now I'm just like, okay, dude, like just enjoy your food and let me like not eat. <laughs> <laughs> I get tired of like explaining it to people. It's, 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 that's just a little personal uh, aside of mine. But uh, I, I want you to tell me a little bit more about these like 10 gram and, uh, and up trips because – I know that for me, my ayahuasca experience was absolutely the most mind-boggling thing. Even after that nine-gram mushroom trip, I've had big LSD trips as well. And I've had many smaller psilocybin trips between two and five grams. Uh, and they all they all weigh differently on the scale of profundity. Um, and even some of the lower-dose ones are, have been more – I wouldn't say profound, but more like tangibly useful. Um I'm not to get too far away from asking you this question, but I actually was just posing this in a group that I'm in on, on the internet about people who constantly are, or, or the idea being uh, propagated that whenever you smoke DMT, that you should shoot for a breakthrough every single time. Or like the point of smoking DMT is to break through. And, and while yes, breaking through on DMT has to be among the most intense and bizarrely insane experiences that any human can have on planet earth for sure it's just my it just there's no words to describe the insanity of it um i i also find that dmt breakthroughs are hard to retain and they're also so abstract and so bizarre that the it's 
sometimes difficult to glean something tangibly useful from a DMT breakthrough. I've definitely had ones where I've broken through and come back and been like, holy fuck, I'm so thankful just to be normal again, like just to be in my yeah. body again. And like that, yeah, yeah. that joy to be back is like, that's happened to me several times. And there's been other things. But the other night I had a, I was, I was listening to some music and I was smoking DMT. And when I say smoking DMT, I was kind of controlling, manipulating my dose to where I wasn't just blasting into outer space to where I was, I was getting in there, but I wasn't going all the way. And I was probably kind of, I probably took five to seven hits over a period of about an hour. And so I spent like a relatively about an hour in this DMT-esque dreamlike space. And I was coming to all these like really profound realizations. And I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever uh, gotten this much tangible, usable information from smoked DMT than I had just that night, which was like two nights ago. And uh, I, I just find it interesting. I find the dichotomy for my for my own for myself personally of the of the low dose and the high dose interesting because a lot of times in the high dose it's so intense for me that either I can't remember it when I'm like relatively back to a state that uh, things are reassembling either I can't remember it or the level of intensity is so high that I can't I feel as though I can't re- hold on to anything like it just th- seems like everything is coming at you at like light speed. Um, but on my on my two to three gram mushroom trips or on my one or two toke DMT trips or my one, two, three hit acid trips, it's almost like I can uh, bring more back with me. What do you think about that as opposed to some of the higher uh, resolution trips that you've taken? Yeah, um, so I'm familiar. I've done the as most psychonauts have when they're like they get the vials and, you know, next thing you know, you you squirted a little too much. And, um, I've done those to where, like, I know what an intense, like LSD trip is like, where it's, it's just that like whole 10 to 18 hours of like insaneness. And, um, it's a very like distinct type of psychedelic trip. And then same with the Deemster, as you're explaining, like most people, whenever you are hanging out with people who are smoking it, it's very like, third hit breakthrough like that's what you're shooting for and it's very quick it's like 10 15 minutes you come back it's amazing and it's hard to retain because it's just so much so quick and i feel for both those things um this is kind of why i went the mushroom route for the research as well as the book is like lsd is like pulled from the ether in a lab like you just don't like kind of concoct it like it's very serious and for the deemster a little bit more like you can it's in everything it's in plants it's we produce it it's everywhere so you have to do a little bit again to get to it but it's not like a lab or anything you can you can make it at home and then you go into like um ayahuasca where it's just like you're taking i feel like it's more natural because you're taking just simple things to items and you're like you're brewing them and mixing them and that gives you that effect which i feel is very more close to natural and then when it comes to the mushrooms, it's like they literally you literally pick them and dry them and eat them. So it's mm-hmm. like there's no real um, it's no pr- I mean, they are processed because you pick and dry it. But that's the limit of the process of it. 
And so when you go in, like, so in the beginning, when I was taking heroic doses, it's always measured out five grams. Um, and I wasn't doing any wrist work. It was just kind of like, hey, guys, let's go camping. And I'm ready. Let's let's eat them. We all eat them. Good time. It's a little spiritual. It's, it's like, it's different. Like, they're each different, right? It's almost like uh, for people who drink alcohol or have done that in their life, if they've had chapters of drinking, it's kind of like, like people are like, oh, when I drink Tangare, I go to jail. Or if I drink vodka, <laughs> I get violent. Or if I drink this, I pass out. Or this makes me like this. So it's kind of like that, where it's like each psychedelic kind of does a different thing, but it's in the same category. And then eventually, it's just your standard. I ate five grams. It's like, oh, I had a good time. I like, I feel like I blasted off. And then I get into like the extreme of it of like, how do I prepare my body to literally accept death and where can I really travel? And then from there, the high doses now have changed to where like, I do them honestly now, like twice a year because they resonate, they stick. Like you were saying, the Deemster's like quick. A lot of these might not resonate. When I do the wrist work and I take like a whole month of like really fine tuning my body, like cold shot, like the cold plunge every day for 30 days, I'm not on my phone at all. I'm not watching TV. I'm not even watching movies. Like I'm not getting any weird programming into my mind. I'm not reading. I'm like literally just, I feel like I'm almost in a monk in the Himalayan mountains, except I'm not there. I'm here in the city, in the matrix. And I'm just working my best not to be influenced by anything and just fine tuning my body. And then when I take those high dosage of mushroom, and at this point, then I go even more extreme to where I'm like, the Trinity, the Holy Grail, you go down these stories, you I'm sure most psychonauts have heard like Santa Claus is the mushroom and all those stories. And you go into the what the Holy Grail is, and I start researching it. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness, there's like a trinity of mushrooms. So since it is technically like a poison, and your body is like reacting to the poison, your body is so good at being resilient and defensive that if you only eat one species of mushroom, you're only going to get so far. So according to the research I've done is if you eat three different species of mushrooms, so you eat like a golden teacher, a kumba and a PE or something like three different and like uh, about maybe like an eighth each, right? So you're like at 10 grams. Um, now your body is struggling to fight the poison because you have three different poisons in your body. So that's kind of like the Trinity. Again, the the three of, of holiness, of spirituality, where you're separate going from just to the duality as humans are to that next level of three. So when I start mixing a high dosage of 10 grams where it's three different species and I've prepared my body for death where I haven't eaten for 72 hours, I've been grounding every day, I've been meditating every day, I've been journaling, I've been doing just all these things that kind of like you, like that most spiritual people do. Um, then the experience is like very, like my ancestors are talking to me. I I'm going other places. And when I come back, it's there for days and it's in my DNA. It's in my mind. It's in my spirit. Like it resonates with me for weeks and it's, it's so different and so powerful. And then when somebody close to me was like, dude, to share like the, the list. Cause I want to do that too. I see we go out, you tell me these little things, but you've never given me the full list. And so I did. And he was like, man, you should write something real quick. Just, just a quick read, like a two day read like no more than, you know, 100, 150 pages so people can blow through it and um, give them an idea of like how they can fine tune their their rocket ship because we're electrical beings. 
your little, your meat vessel with your spirit inside. And it's like, how can you fine tune that? How can you really get ready to accept death? Because most people, we, we lie to ourselves. We lie to other people and we're like, oh, I'm good. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready to really blast off. And it's like, no, because you're working with so many demons and pre-programming and you haven't healed your inner child and you haven't done any of these things. Like you're not, the medicine ain't going to do, it's only going to do what it needs to do. So then once you've done those steps, you mix the three the three species and you get your holy grail and you're and you and you're so hungry right 72 hours i'm starving i'm like i grew up around fast food and restaurants and you know so i'm yeah. so hungry and mushrooms are looking kind of good at that point i'm like 10 plus yeah it's and i and i'm telling you the 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 it hits me i'm not even kidding in minutes in minutes i'm already like it, it's getting cartoony i i feel the trance i feel the shakiness i feel the Almost like uh, if you like, if you're a weed smoker and you're listening, you know, like right when you smoke, you get like the five, 10 minutes of paranoia. Like it's bound to happen. Like the weed's so potent nowadays. You get the paranoia for a few minutes, then it's gone and you're high. And in mushrooms, I feel like if you don't get that same like scaredness for just a few minutes, like, holy shit, I bought the ticket. I'm taking the ride. Did I really want to take this ride? Like, how do you, am I going to come back from this? Like, and then it wears off and, and I feel that kicks in right away and then it goes away real quick. And it's just a whole different experience. And I wanted to share that with people like, hey, guys, like especially if you're a psychonaut and you've been experimenting with psychedelics, it's like there's levels to this. And if you want to like really resonate with your trip and get the most out of the experience, you got to, as you said earlier, you got to bring something to the table. It's, and it's, it's an exchange. It's an agreement between you and the medicine that, hey, I came as the best human being that I can be given my situation and circumstances. And I've been trying to fix and heal. And here I'm here meeting you. And then the medicine's like, dope, I got you. Let's take a trip. And, mm -hmm. and that's where kind of my nowadays, my big, my big doses are like twice a year, super spiritual, super mystical, super like almost, I would say like people always are like, look at me sideways and I get it. But I've broke I've broken through on the third hits plenty of times held the third hit and broke through. I'm telling you I've had that for 8 hours. That breakthrough I've had for 8 hours and I don't know if it's the fasting combined with the three species or what, but I can easily and and confidently equate that to a long-lasting DMT trip. And people who are big Deemster fans are like, "Nah, nah. It ain't it's it's different." And I'm like, "I get that, especially if you just ate a cheeseburger and you ate 20 grams, you're not going to feel like you broke through. But if you do all the right stuff and you go out into nature and you, and you're away from the, the 5g or away from your cell phone, you're away from all the electronic appliances in your house or anywhere. And you're far out and you're one with nature, then, then right. Possibilities are endless. So uh, a true psychonauts open-minded and they'll, and they'll kind of look at me and be like, interesting, like, I'm not going to dismiss it, but it's hard to believe. And I get it. I've, I've been skeptical because I've, I've heard people be like, oh, I ate five grams. And I was like this and that. And I'm like, bro, that ain't nothing. You got to smoke Deemster on LSD. And then you can, you, <laughs> then you're going somewhere. And again, that's just like this extreme, almost ego based type of idea where it's mm -hmm. like, no, it's medicine. And, and your vessel only needs a little bit to, to get portaled out of here, you know? And I hope that kind of touched on what you're saying with the, with no, the high dude. dose. 
that was very interesting. And uh, I, that connects to a lot of different things that I kind of I'm interested in right now. And I have been for a couple of years, the intersectionality of, of the physical, the spiritual and the uh, and the psychology, the mind, the soul and the body, this kind of like trinity of okay. aspects um, that I always find much like you were just describing that when I spend time generally days, generally weeks to a month or maybe even longer, depending on like when I went to Peru for ayahuasca, I prepared for that for well over a month. And in reality, like preparing my mind, I probably prepared for well over a year, just kind of like taking it all in and learning and and trying to, to uh, give me one second. No worries. Yeah, that trinity you're talking about, about the mind, body, and spirit, it's everywhere. Everything's two, but when you really look, you can find that uh, that extra third element, which brings it to a next level. Uh, continue. Yeah, continue. and that was shown to me very glaringly on ayahuasca, and I've told this story several times on the show before, so I won't tell it in depth, but I'll touch on it just so we can kind of discuss it. But there was a, I had a vision during my ayahuasca ceremony that showed me that uh, at this time I was very overweight. I was nearing or at 300 pounds. Uh, my physical body was just, I, I was just using it haphazardly. I was not working out. I was not, I wasn't doing any kind of meditation, yoga, stretching. I wasn't doing jack shit with my body. I'm taking psychedelic trips in my mind and that's well and good. Um, but I had a clear message from ayahuasca that hey, like we appreciate you coming and we know that you've seen and experienced something here that's mind boggling, that's insane. But, uh, not, and, and they show, and it showed me many other very important things too. But one thing it specifically showed me was that my body was not in alignment with my heart and soul at the moment. And therefore yeah. that because that one piece was out of alignment, that the other two weren't falling into line either. Now, that sounds like a way to say there's going to be a final point where everything's aligned. I don't think that's ever true. I think it's just a kind of a continuous maintenance or, a, or, or work. Yes. Um, and since then, I started – I changed my physicality. I changed my diet. I changed my lifestyle. And nice. uh, Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I've uh, So far, I've probably lost close to 30 kilos, so somewhere 60 to 65 pounds since then. Good job. Good job. Thanks, man. And yeah, that was a major, and I've told this before on the show, is just that was a major turning point for me. That was one of the things that not only triggered me to want to lose weight, but also kept me inspired because I was like, it was like I was told that I needed to do, to take this journey by this higher power, basically. It was like, hey, look, we love you. Thanks for coming, but we need to tell you some shit. And it, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, we think you're ready to listen. And I was ready to listen, luckily. Um, and uh, I, I just find it interesting that since then, and I've altered my I've altered my preparation to include much more physical activity, much more uh, diet awareness, fasting, water intake, sun intake, all these yes, different things yes. that just seem to like make me f generally feel better, even just because I'm doing them. Um but when I prepare myself like that over a week or two weeks or a month before a psychedelic experience, I feel much more prepared. I feel much more ready to undergo what I'm about to. I, I still have the a slight come up anxiety. I think everyone does. I think that's normal. If you're not having that, uh, you're probably not doing it right. 
but uh, who am I to judge? Um, uh, and, I, and I find that the level, uh, uh, the levels of profundity that I'm able to plumb after a solid time spent preparing is very valuable. Um, and preparing the body for me, it's it's almost like a, it works hand in hand. It's like sometimes when my, my workouts are really hard and I'm really tired and I want to give up and I want to just like, I can quit right now. Like, this is good enough. I think like, dude, you sat in the fucking jungle and drank ayahuasca <laughs> like thousands of miles away from your home and you didn't give Bye. up when that happened. So you're not going to fucking give up right now. And then vice versa. Sometimes I'll be in the psychedelic realm and I'll be maybe experiencing some difficulty or something that's like making me want to either not face it or, you know, change channels on it or whatever. Um, this actually happened to me the other night on DMT and I'll think, ah, uh, no, dude, you put in a really hard workout workout today and you wanted to quit during your workout, but you didn't quit. So you're not going to turn away from this right now. And it kind of like, it's kind of like lessons that go hand in hand, oddly, and I never fucking saw that before that this experience on ayahuasca. And now it seems like so glaringly obvious to me that that it, the physical state of your body is so important when entering into the psychedelic realm. Um, even so far as to, I mean, have a drastic effect on your psychology. If your body is all yeah. fucked up, out of whack, you're full of garbage, you've been eating a ton of sugar, drinking, smoking – you know, all of these things I've done a lot in my life. So if you're doing that, I'm not judging you. I still have a tendency to do them sometimes. Hey, we're all human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, your body, if you're beating your body up like that, dude, your mind's not in the best place. I know that from personal experience. I mean, the times when I was really binging on, be it drugs, alcohol, food, what have you, what have you, um, your mind is not a fertile is not fertile ground for the psychedelic experience. Um, although it might be fertile ground for one of those, like the, you know, like when I had my ayahuasca and I was close to 300 pounds, it was, I wasn't in tip top shape, but, uh, my mind was fertile enough to get to receive that seed of, Hey, you need to make some changes. Like you did good this last month, like preparing yeah. for this, but there's things that you need to do beyond this. Sorry to yeah. rant on that, but that's been very no, been good. It's been really obvious to me lately, and it's been something I've been working with a lot: the physical aspect of the psychedelic experience, which I think is probably neglected a lot. I agree. Yeah, in the book I talk about um, cold plunging, and you can like you can uh, look up online like the benefits of cold plunging. And um, so to me, as you're saying, like the idea though for the wrist work was that you're in this uncomfortable situation where it's like, hey, just get out of the cold water. Like that's all you got to do. Like you can just get out or you can sit there and understand you're in it and breathe through it and face it. And once you get enough reps of that, when you're in that dire need of the psychedelics and a lot of people shut down if they're new to it where it's like so overwhelming and the mind is so powerful that they can like pull back out of the the lesson they're learning out of the journey and the trip and but if you have those reps like you said of either the working out or whatever where you're pushing through uh mentally and physically it's going to translate into that third aspect of the spirituality where you can sit there and learn that lesson and and know that hey i've been here i've been in uncomfortable situations and i've learned to breathe through them like I can, I can do this. And that's, it's, it's important to build up that resilience because when you're in 
that like most people say fight or flight. But again, if you want to take it to that spiritual level, it would be fight, flight, or freeze, right? Sometimes you don't even fight or flight. You just stay there. So you have to learn to be comfortable in all those situations and be able to navigate consciously when any of those three states arise instead of just doing kind of like the unconscious survival thing. Because as humans, we're very like resilient and we want to survive. So if something is dangerous, something's not comfortable, there's a lot, you know, you're somewhere in your mind is making excuses to quit. Like, oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's cold. I'm going to step out or this is too deep. I don't want to heal my ancestral trauma. I'm going to step back. And it's like, get the reps in before you go, before you face that, get the reps in of mm -hmm. saying, Hey, no matter what state arises, I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to be conscious. And I'm going to make the, what I feel at the moment is the, is the, the more perfect of the, of the choices, you know, just to like mm -hmm. talk on what you said about that. Yeah, sure. Sure. And it's interesting how these, this also translates into everyday life. Like I, this just happened to me. It's almost like a psychedelic experience happening when you're not tripping. Um, because you kind of become aware of these things. And, and previously in my life, I've been in these same situations where I was not capable of being aware of this. But I'll give this example. A couple weeks ago, me and my new girlfriend, I'm here in Brazil because I met a woman and I've stayed here with her basically. So our relationship is very new. We've, we've only been together. We've only known that each other existed on planet Earth for like <laughs> two months, maybe, maybe like 10 weeks. So um, obviously – our relationship is strained because of circumstance that we find ourselves in being uh, not native to each other's country or language or customs or culture or any of that shit. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic to navigate. So we had an argument about two or three weeks ago, and it was a pretty intense argument. Um, and I remember feeling after or, or in the midst of the argument where we had kind of finally severed like our communication with each other. And I, I was feeling these like very overwhelming, which I don't normally feel this, but these very overwhelming negative feelings like uh, sadness, uh, loneliness, anger. I was feeling just really heavy with all these like negative emotions and I was kind of stewing in it. And uh, I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to feel this anymore. Like I want this to stop. Like I just – I can't take these feelings anymore. It's too much. Like it's really bothering me and I couldn't stop it. I had to kind of just ride it out and, and sit with it. And after those feelings subsided and I was back to kind of an emotional baseline, I was like, look, you made it through this, just like you made it through every hard workout, just like you made it through every intense psychedelic experience. You're still here. Everything's still okay. And most of all, you're still you. You're not all these other things that you went through in your mind over the last few hours of what kind of person you might be or what other people think about you. Um, you're still you and you still have your set of morals and values and, and you're still here basically. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to about five days ago, we had another argument that was similarly intense. I should add this on to the last argument. During the first argument that we had, I felt really bad because I, w I felt like I way overstepped my boundaries in the argument. Like, you know how sometimes you just, you go too far and yeah. it's, it's hard to see in the moment, but in hindsight, it's very obvious. You're like, fuck dude. Like I, why, why didn't I just stop? Um, 
So this opportunity arose for me again between us to go down this long, drawn out, brutal fight. Like you, you and, and I, and at this point I saw the juncture very clearly. I was like, okay, this is where you can choose to either step back, take some time to cool off because right now I could feel the same emotions just full, filling my body. Like I could feel the tension in my body. It's anger, sadness, loneliness, all these different things. And it's not just due to our argument and our relationship. It's due to me being away from home and being in a new situation. And, and a lot of different things are, are kind of piling up for me. But instead of instead of going that route and letting my emotion overtake me, I say, you know what? I think the best thing for me to do right now is to leave this situation for a time until I can until I can calm down and I and I can think more clearly. And the next day we we revisited what we were arguing about and we were able to like talk and not be emotional and we had we both kind of got over our emotional hump and we literally had the same discussion the next day, but it was like two completely different people having the same discussion because we weren't so caught up in our anger and, and the uh, the heat of the moment. And uh, it didn't really strike me until maybe yesterday, a day after that all took place. I was like, wow, that went really well by comparison. And it's because I was able to kind of equate that to the psychedelic experience and to my physical experience in that um i didn't have to stay engaged in in this negative in this negative uh train of thought that i was in and i didn't have to let it overtake me and so many times in my past and so many times in my other relationships i've gone that other way you know and i'm sure many right. people understand what i'm saying is i've gone i've taken the left when i should have gone right and a lot of times you can see those clearly, like where you did that. And uh, I thought, damn, I'm 30 years old and it's taking me this long just to have that one little triumph in the relationship <laughs> with a woman. I was like, fuck, man, how have I not gotten this earlier just to shut the fuck up sometimes? <laughs> and no, I know I that's, know <laughs> I know I, that's I know very tangential. No, it got, it, um, like just off base what you said, um, there's a thing that if uh, anyone's listening familiar with, are you familiar with Rudolf Steiner at all? The name sounds familiar, but refresh my memory. So he's just like, um, I guess you would put him in the same category as like Edgar Casey, just like someone who's like, to the average person, if you told them about it, they'd be very like, oh, that's very uh, not real. It's very like woo-saw. It's very, you know, feng shui. It's very out there. And uh, but he was like. Um, he, he's very, uh, yeah, he's in the Edgar Casey category, but he has this thing where he talks about you do a daily review and it's in the, it's in the book. It's part of the risk work up to the journey. And it's at the end of the day, right when you're going to sleep, you kind of Polaroid your day backwards from, so you see yourself in bed, Polaroid shot. Then you go to the thing you did before that, like, Oh, I was having tea. Polaroid that. Before that, oh, I brushed my teeth. Oh, I had dinner. And you go all the way back into your rising when you opened your eyes. And um, you do this every day. So every day you do this. And it, it's it's hard. It's actually really hard because your mind starts to go. It drifts just like meditation is hard. When you start to try to go backwards through the day, it's like, oh, that happened. And then you dwell on it and you think about it. And it's like, the, the exercise is just to go through them quickly and not to dwell on them and just to kind of refine. And what happens is 
a lot of times people don't review the day unless something happened, like you're saying, where it was like emotional and it was an impactful incident where you're like, I should have said this. I should have gone right instead of left and I should have done this and I should have said this. And then we like kind of assess that. But that may it has to be like impactful for us to assess it. And in reality, a lot of people say this. It's like, hey, you're living to learn lessons. And in case you're learning lessons, you need to review those lessons if you want them to kind of substantiate with you. So at the end of the day, if you start to do this, then you like go back at part of your Polaroid and be like, oh, my God, I argue with my girl. And it's like, what did we argue about? Oh, my God, this, that. And I could have done this. And then it's like the next day. If you don't do that daily review, there's a chance, like you said, you're feeling those same emotions again because it's like you didn't review the what took place and assessed it and said, oh, this happened. Next time this happens, I want to be more like this person. I want to be my higher self and my higher self would do this. So the next day, like you're saying, it was two different people. It's like, hey, I've, I've learned the lesson from there. I know to go right instead of left now. And then now at the end of that daily review, you look back and you go, oh, my God, I like my higher self there. I like me doing that. And you just do this every day. I do this even if I'm not preparing for my heroic dose. I just like constantly every night before I sleep, it's like Polaroid backwards because I want to assess everything. Even if it's something small like me getting angry or something I got happy about or I just like go backwards. And that way you don't repeat the same cycle because when you're stuck in the circle, you're going to get dizzy. And, and the point is to like be a flow state, like be free of the circle. And again, duality of opposites, it's like, the circle's the perfect shape, like it's good, but at the same time also break free from it. So it's that black and white. It's the and not not gray area of like make an oval or an infinity sign. It's like no, it's the circle's good, but also break free from the circle. So like I'm glad you shared that because it shows like the daily review. If you incorporate it, you'll have less hang-ups, especially in your relationships with uh your like significant other or work or friends like you really like I do it even like when my interactions with my friends who I know they don't care how I act like they've come to accept me but I even review and I'm like man I could have been more supportive or I could have been more firm or in, in all my relationships and it really like after a few weeks of it you, you you'll see the difference in your daily life kind of like you said took almost three decades but hey boom you've made that little that <laughs> that that significant step and now it's like you're on to the next mountain peak you're looking around and you're like what's the next peak you see it you're like does that kind of suit me yeah i'm gonna go that way and it's mm -hmm. like you're not gonna stumble on that anymore because that peak you climbed and now you're looking for the new peak and see if uh what it has to offer uh, is in your journey and then you go climb it and there's another mm -hmm. peak and then you look around and it, like you said it's this continuous refinement and once you get to the point where you feel like i'm refined and perfect then you're not then, then the human experience isn't for you. Like you've ascended, like you're one of those ascended masters who come maybe to heal others, but your journey as a human has, has ceased because it's always about the lessons and the refinement and just getting better tuned to yourself and your higher self, as well as your inner child and all the other aspects, you know? So I mm. like the story that you shared. Like, I think it applies well. Thanks, man. And, and, and I share that story because it was kind of a, uh analogous to many of my of my psychedelic experiences where you have these emotion during the high psychedelic experience um and it can be any number of emotions it can be quite often it'll be the emotion of fear that causes for me personally the one that makes me want to shy away i mean is obviously that's what fear is for um it's a natural reaction and it's useful for certain things but um 
sometimes during a psychedelic experience, you can have this very high emotional state of fear or sadness even. And my initial reaction in my earlier days of traveling would be to shy away from that or to try to, like I said earlier, change the channel or to try in some way to distract my mind away from that and kind of just go into something else that was more pleasant, quote unquote pleasant. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I journeyed deeper and more often and, and more seriously, I started to see that these moments of uncomfortability were quite often the most important moments of the trip. And if I could allow the moment of high emotion to pass without reacting, so if I could feel fear and let it manifest in, inside me, let the fear happen, and instead of trying to distract myself from fear or in the, the moment of fear, if I could get through it and get to the other side, that I would often have some of my most profound breakthroughs, if you will, not in the sense of like a DMT breakthrough, but just like, holy shit, dude, you can feel all these bad, these quote unquote bad things. And then it just, it, it's over and you can learn something from it. You don't, everything seems so immediate. Like when you're, when you're a human being, I guess, like right. everything, like, I don't, maybe it's me personally, but like, I want things to happen now. Like I want this issue with my girlfriend to be over now. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't, I want to be done being afraid now. And it's like, doesn't work like that. And wow. quite often the time spent in these negative states is what prepares you for, for the next phase and and maybe connecting to your higher self if i wouldn't have taken myself out of that out of that argument that night and gone and sat with my uncomfortability which i was again very uncomfortable i was angry uh i was hurt i was sad i was lonely but i instead of trying to hide from those feelings i let them cycle through and in doing so, I was able to see more clearly from her perspective, where I was able to put myself more clearly in her perspective, how she might be feeling, and a number of other things. And in the morning, I was able to come back to the conversation without all this negative, heavy energy and baggage. And in a way that that kind of relates to all the different things we've been talking about as as far as the, the physical experience and the psychedelic experience and, and these high emotional states – um, and so I think that's a testament for people who think that people who are taking psychedelics are just getting high, bro. A lot of times, I, the last thing on planet Earth I want to do is take another psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I do it like twice a year. The the heroics, like five plus up to like fourteen. That's twice a year because man, that ain't that ain't all that ain't all teacups at disneyland you know that ain't fun the the micros on the other hand i can see people abusing the the micro doses because they give you like kind of like an uppity feeling you're smiling life's a little bit more vibrant you're you're draining your serotonin so it's like i can see where the abuse might come from that but at the same time a lot of times psychedelic is very where it's not addicting and you can't take it back to back to back to back because it, it's designed that way. It's not like alcohol where you could get drunk every day or weed you can smoke every day or TV you can binge TV. Anything in excess is bad. Even if it's healthy, you shouldn't binge anything. And so the idea that it doesn't allow you to be 
you know, daily dosing and daily tripping, it goes to show that the, the medicine does care too, uh, that it doesn't want you to overuse it. And um, yeah, it's, the, it's not getting high because if you're doing it right, it's like you said, it's like you, it, you're, it's a big test. It's a big thing you prepare for, you do it, it's over, it's relief. You're like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to do that for a while. It's like, you have so I, I see made it, thank it, God. Like, <laughs> it's like almost like tattoos. Like you get a tattoo in a specific spot that hurts and you're like, I'm not doing that for a while. And then, you know, as the mind goes, it, it, it kind of forgets it. It kind of like you, was it that bad? Maybe I'll go and get another one. Like, and then, it, but sometimes there's those spots that you don't go back to see your artist for like, six months because you're like bro that was insane and i don't have the type of i i don't have the type of dopamine to release to sit through that anymore so i'm gonna wait <laughs> and and so yeah i agree with you it ain't it ain't all just getting high to anyone who who feels that uh, as obviously it has not partaken you know consciously in the experience and uh i'm sure most yeah. of your listeners are are adequate psychonauts blasted off all types of different ways you know there's all types of ways to lift off and uh i'm sure they're aware that what you're saying is pretty accurate like it's uh it's it's, it's not, definitely not getting high <laughs> yeah 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 I, and I, I don't know i touch on the, i seem to touch on that a lot but that's just because my background i grew up with a lot of people who are so like religiously staunch and and very um very adamant and very sure that they are right and that they know the one true God and that their God is the right one. And if you don't believe in their God, then you're going to go to hell. And so I kind of have this like uh, resentment toward that because I'm like, bro, I've fucking seen God. I've met God. I know. for. <laughs> and then now I'm like becoming one of those people. I'm like, bro, I know for fucking sure I met God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so, uh, so I, I throw that out there. Like, we're not just getting high. Like, I mean, bro, if you think we're just getting high, I've said this before too, like just take five grams one time, dude, and you'll know for sure. <laughs> yeah. They ain't going to be trying to do that every day. Yeah. Yeah. You're so dude, we're, not, uh... we're going on an hour now. Uh, you got somewhere to be, or I was going to, I was going to have you leave us maybe with one of your crazy tripping stories and that would be it. But if, if, if we've gone on long enough, that's fine with me too. No, I could, uh. I mean, hmm, um, just kick me a good one. Yeah. Man, yeah. For- like, so, um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I got so many, man, but, um, so <laughs> this one, um, in the book, I'm very like, uh, it's for like kind of the beginner people. So I'm very like full moon, like go out when the, the moon is full because at, you want to, you want to kind of take the medicine at night and with the full moon, the areas lit. I always tell him go to the mountains, go to the desert, go go somewhere remote. And if you go anywhere remote, and you know this, and there's no street lights and there's no uh, city pollution, it's dark. That you can see all the stars, but it's dark. But if that full moon's out, you you can see, and it's not as like um, scary. Because if you're in the middle of the forest or the desert, and it's just you, like there's noises, there's coyotes, there's wild animals, there's who knows, you know, so it's like that little bit of light helps. And I really feel like the full moon is an important aspect. I feel like we don't know too much about the moon. I don't want to go too crazy about that. But like, I feel like we don't know too much. Um, and I feel like it really helps with the the portal opening. I feel like it helps your energetic antenna, you spiritual being when you leave this earth plane, and you go somewhere else, that portal helps. And this one time I'm like testing it, right? Cause I'm like, I can't just always trip on the full moon and say, this is the way to do it. So I took a couple of my people. I'm like, Hey guys do the wrist work, you know? So we're two weeks out and I'm talking like 
like regular people, like they eat, they eat meat, they smoke weed, they have jobs, they have families, they're like average Joe, you know, they drink, they like, they do everything. And I'm like, hey, two weeks, guys, no meat, like no, 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 nothing. Like just be like a monk, you know what I mean? Like for two weeks, do me that, do me that solid. And so my people are like, I got you. Like, and as they learn like meats, meat's addicting. Like it's, it's hard. Like go do a meatless Monday. See how difficult that is where you're like, Oh, I'm hungry. What I got to eat something. So like two weeks, you're still building that real resilience. And so they do all the risk work for me. They're staying solid. They're off the gram. They're off social media. They're not watching TV. They're like, they're really like, they're going to help me out. And so we do our risk work two weeks. We go out on a new moon. So that's why I'm like very adamant in the book about going on a full moon. Cause I've done this a few times where we go out on the new moon. So it's pitch black. There's like, the stars are gleaming. It looks beautiful. It's like, you know, no city pollution. We're in the middle of nowhere. And we we follow the the rituals. We're grounding. We got sage going. Like some people believe in crystals. Others don't. I, I feel like at, at that time in need when like you're desperate, like anything helps. So it's like, hey, bring your favorite <laughs> little, bring your favorite little stone with you. It might, you know, most people are like, oh, it's whatever. But if you've ever been in those situations where it's almost like angelic and demonic and you're just like looking for any lifeline to grasp, like that little pebble might, might do you in. So they bring, we bring our crystals. We got the sage going. We got the, like the, uh, the very shamanistic music playing, you know what I mean? And like, we're vibing, got the fire going. It's just like good time. And we feel it. I start to trance. I get the shakiness. I can feel my body. It's almost like an OBE. So people are familiar with the out of body experience. It's like, as they've explained, you, you feel that that like shock energy you're like it's like an electric shock and and then from there you you go from physical and you shoot past the etheric and you go astral and most people are just familiar with the etheric with dreaming but that shock is what sends you to the astral so if you've taken high level mushrooms you'll get that little shakiness which you can control you can stop but then it's like it feels so good so you kind of like building up that charge to, to to blast off and so we're all there. We're all like shaking. You're, you're feeling the like energy about to spark. We're about to leave the physical. We're about to go to the etheric. Like we're about to go there. Or, I mean, to the astral, we're going to skip the whole etheric. We're going to cut the cord and we're just going to go like to that next level. The music's beautiful. Everything's going good. It's just your stereotypical type of vibe. And, um, you know, we forgot to charge the Bluetooth speaker thing. And, um, next thing you know, it's making this like this like doomsday purge noise because the battery's about to die. So every every once in a while you're hearing this beautiful music and then it's like, uh, uh, and, and we're just like, <laughs> Wait, nothing. we're like, nothing's around. Like what's going on? Like this is, this is crazy. Like, you know, and, and then it goes on for like 15 minutes and we're just like, I'm telling you, we're like smiling. It's that good energy vibe in like, it's just me and my tribe. Like we're all very close for like many decades and we've done the wrist work. We're prepared mentally, physically, spiritually, like we're so ready. And this music just cuts off, like the Bluetooth cuts off. And I don't know if, uh, if you're familiar of the listeners, but there's a movie called Constantine with, uh, Keanu Reeves before he was John Wick, he was John Constantine. And they talk about demons, angels, very religious, but there's some key things in there they talk about. And it almost was out of a scene of, of that Constantine. As soon as that music stopped and there was no moonlight and it was just that new moon type of vibe, it was like every weird, whatever you want to call it, you can call them demons and aliens. And I mean, you call it whatever entity you want, but it was this like dark negative, just like was like, oh, these three people think uh, this little group of people think they're going to... Uh, 
like like find out like some universal knowledge like nope we're gonna come in and next thing we all get floored like we're sitting there vibing literally and the music cuts and it's like we all drop like literally we hit the ground and we're crawling and we can't like talk to one another like the, the 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 physical body isn't working anymore and then we start talking in tongue like i know a lot of people who've done heavy doses you know like we start speaking in tongue then we're like we're talking in sentences but we're each taking a word so i say a word the next person says a word and it's actually a coherent sentence and it, it was like it's so like almost holly weird like out of a movie like people don't believe it but it was we were talking getting knowledge and like the attack was so heavy and so burdened i don't i didn't trip again for a year after that a whole year i took a whole year off of that it was so gnarly did too like it was like really rattled our foundations so like so all those people i was like it's not like the greatest positive thing but it was like a reason why i believe the full moon is important and the new moon is for very like expert sailors. Like you got to be knowing your boat. You got to know the sails, the winds, the tides, the currents. You got to know everything, the sea monsters, everything. Because when some unexpected, because when you start going into different realms, entities, you can, you know what I mean? Like, I know that's a little far-fetched, but for a true psychonaut, they know what I'm talking about. And, and not all those entities want to play fair and they all don't have your best interest in hand. And we experienced that like firsthand and what it was like and, like you said, it came through afterwards and then it was all done. And then it was just like a mellow trip for like, that lasted about two hours, I think, of this crawling, not being able to talk or use the body correctly. And then the last six hours was very looking at the stars and uh, being very peaceful, talking about our relationships with one another, uh, the people around us, where we like what we want to manifest in our life, like goals and and all that, like, what do we need to do? And like, you know, more benefit, like positive and beneficial afterwards. But that was like one of those gnarly ones where I really, after that, I really believed in like that we're, we are alone in the earth plane. Like we're here, there's things that can influence, but nothing's really gonna do any harm to us. They just kind of in our ear. But after that, I realized like, man, the earth plane ain't the only plane. Like, <laughs> there's other there's other stuff that's out there you know and like uh, that was a that was an eye opener and that was probably like a decade ago took a year off wow. then came back like and uh and took more scientific approach from that like all right let's do full moons let's do this let's and all the risk work that's in the books so everything I've, I've done on the checklist i've done i've had other people do i've had people not do and so i took it very like approached it very scientifically where I had the blind group, the control group. I, I'm like doing it as, as best as I can, you know, because it's already an experience. Whereas, you know, when you try to explain it to people, it, it doesn't, it, it's lackluster. It doesn't do it justice when you try to explain what you just went through because it's not of this plane. And uh, so I did my best in the book to just make sure like all the things I talk about, like I've done personally for weeks, months, numerous times. I've had other people do it. It's like, and uh, it's, it's just an it's just the next step and it's a beginner's guide. I've been where I've had a few people reach out and like, hey, write the like the advanced version. I want to go like to that next spot. And I'm just like, man, I'm still like testing the advanced version. Like it's hard. Like it's a whole month of training and like it's it's hard to be off the phone for a month. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. hard to 
do a lot of these things, given the world we live in today, just to do a whole month of preparation, because then you're almost, it, it almost gets selfish. Cause if you have family, friends, work, you're like putting all that on the back burner just so you can have this dope spiritual experience. And then it's almost like, it almost is conflicting with it because it's like, mm-hmm. wait, I'm supposed to be doing better. And I'm like, like, I'm being very selfish. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm fasting today and I'm not eating that. And you can't cook me that. And I can't go out with you guys cause you're doing this. And it's just like, it, it's, it's hard. So the advanced series is something that's going to probably be in the works for the next few years, especially trying to get other people to, to do that for a month, you know, it's like, Hey, yeah. put down your phone for a month. They're going to be like, mm, mm. how about just like an hour a day? And I'm like, ah, yeah. you know, work with me, whatever you can. Like, yeah, just, you know, let's just be conscious about what we do. And so, um, the books out there, the heroic deal, it's on Amazon. It's, um, it just, you know, it's just a lot of stuff I've picked up, um, through my martial arts, through the, through my yoga, through my spiritual stuff, and just kind of threw it in there. Not too much detail into it. If people want to look deeper, they can Google stuff. We got the internet at our fingertips, but, um, it's just real brief. Like, Hey guys, you know, consider this, consider that, consider this. And like, you know, fine tune this, fine tune that. And and in the book, I tried to do a good, I, I, I feel I did a good job of being like, Hey, if you, if, if, if you grew up in like Texas and barbecues your thing and there's no way you're going to go two weeks without meat, like that's chill. Like don't trip, like just the other parts of the wrist work, like just, just kind of sharpen your sword a little more on the other things. You know what I mean? Like, like do the meditation, like really dive deep in that. And you're like, oh, I'm not into that. Then it's like, okay, really keep a detailed dream journal. And it's like, okay, I can do that. Like just find the things that resonate with you and implement them. And then, um, you know, I guarantee you, I can promise you your, your next psychedelic experience is going to resonate a little more. It's going to have a little bit more knowledge and, and you're going to feel a little, a little better about the whole thing. Cause like, you're, you're, you're touching on all the, the three aspects of your mind, your body, and the, the spirit. And it's all that tripod is solid. You know, you, you can stand on two feet. We do it all day. But when you put in, you know, that tripod effect, you're, you're sturdy. And uh, that's just what I wanted people to have is that is, is a, a nice, sturdy experience and gain something from it. And um, absolutely. But, and I think you've done a good job. I think you've written a, a, a solid manual there for, for psychedelic preparation of, of any dose of psychedelic, you know, I don't, don't, uh, I wouldn't throw your, throw your uh, handbook out even for low doses, you know, that what, 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 what we've been talking about here is preparing oneself. And the more that you put in, the more you're going to get out. It's the same yes. as anything else in life. You know, it's the same as anything yes. else in life. And every person is different. So if your level of preparedness is here and someone else's level of preparedness needs to be here, that's okay. If you feel like you've done what you need to yes. do to get there, then you're probably in the vein. So, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, dude. Uh, the book, tell us the name of the book again, where they can find it and drop your social media, uh, handles. And then we'll let you get on out of here, dude. Nice. Uh, it's on, it's only on Amazon and I know Amazon's kind of like the mega takeover, but it's, it was easy. I just put the book up. It's called the heroic deal. So kind of like the heroic dose, but the heroic deal, because as we talked earlier, I feel it is an agreement between you and the medicine that you both bring something to the table. You, you bring the deal, you know, it was like, Hey, mm-hmm. I did my wrist work. You open the portal. So the heroic deal by uh, JT Gremfeld. You can. I'm only on Instagram. Like I can't. Uh, it's social media so hard nowadays. And uh, if you do want to like uh, chat or whatever, I'm I'm just a normal person. Hit me up. It's at Jason Toshi three for the the Trinity of 
so just Jason Toshi three and um yeah, hit up the book. Uh hopefully some of y'all can dig it and uh it's out there in both paperback and digital. I still am gonna work on the audio thing. Uh so I'm I'm working on that, you know, I got projects, but that's in the works too. So but I appreciate you, uh Clinton and the psychedelic cast and having me on and uh promoting psychedelics in a positive manner i feel like we need that especially with big pharma coming into the picture like we need we need people like you who are like hey like i'm a real person i ain't got like billions and dollars being thrown at me to say something you know what i mean so appreciate you for doing this for all the psychonauts out there and uh, giving platforms to people to speak on their on uh on what they can bring to the table you know any truth that they might want to share so appreciate you Appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you. Well, thank you for the kind words, man. And I appreciate your work as well. And I appreciate you taking the time to write this book for people who are interested in this kind of thing. I'll link all that in the show notes. Once again, Jason, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for uh, stopping by Psychedelic Cast, man. Hopefully we'll meet uh, in real life one of these days. That'd be cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. All right. Peace. Bye. Jason Toshi, ladies and gentlemen, a.k.a. J.T. Grenfield, author of The Heroic Deal, his guidebook to preparing and undergoing the high-dose experience is available on Amazon. The link will be included in the show notes. Please support him. Check out his book. Pick up a copy. Follow him on social media at JasonToshi3 on Instagram. Jason, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule. I know we played tag there for a little bit, but we got you on the show it was great to hear from you, brother. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Years of uh, years of work in the psychedelic uh, realm for Jason, as well as in the physical, martial arts, uh, educational. The man is a scholar, a gentleman. He could probably kick your ass and eat a whole lot of mushrooms too. Thanks a lot, Jason. I appreciate it. www.patreon.com slash psychedelicast is the link. $3 a month supports the show, gets you on the show, and gets you access to a ton of exclusive content. Join our Psychedelicast Psychonaut group on Patreon. Thank you so much. It really helps us out. Uh, Subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Rate and review. That really helps us come up in the rankings and show up on people's searches. That's really dope if you do that. A lot of people listen to the show and not a lot of people rate or review. Um, So it would really be cool if y'all did that. Also, our unlisted YouTube channel is live. All of the video versions of our uh, interviews are available exclusively to Patreon members. So right now... I'm recording this episode, but you won't be able to hear it till tomorrow. If you were in the Patreon group, you'd already have access to the video. I just uploaded it, full video access. So that's just another one of the perks you get on a Patreon page. Guys, we love you. Thank you for joining us. Let's do a quote and we'll get out of your ear for another two weeks. We'll leave you with a word from our Lord and Savior, Mr. Terrence McKenna. Mushrooms are my thing. I mean, they enlighten me. They straighten me out. They love me. And we love you. Thank you so much for joining us once again, Psychedelicasters. As always, thank you for spending time with us in the attempt to pry open the third eye. Take good care of yourselves. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.